We are back with another Breaking with Brian episode number two. Brian Bonilla, how you doing today? It's good. This is, you know, this is the grind. I bet people thought, you know, it was a one and done situation, but we're back and I'm excited. By week, we're back. We're not missing. Maybe occasionally. (laughs) But even sometimes, yeah. I missed you. I missed you over these past two weeks. A lot has happened. Valentine's Day, Super Bowl. Oh my goodness, there's a lot to talk about. Are you pumped? I'm pumped. Yeah, I mean, I'm pumped. Well, first of all, I'm glad Super Bowl's done because that means just me and you get to relax a little bit, you know. Yeah. But um, no, it was a fun time. And, you know, I hope everyone had a good Valentine's Day. You know, uh, that it's been a week since, right? About a week or a little over a week. That's right. I hope everybody enjoyed Super Bowl. Um, you know, our agency had the Monday after Super Bowl off. Yeah, uh, we we took the Friday off uh, the week. That's you that got week. it. You got it. It's 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 the Christmas of advertising, as my boss says. And so, um, let's get into it. So let's what we're gonna do real quick. We got a couple different segments. We've been prepping. We're ready to go. We're locked and loaded. We got special stuff at the end of this episode. We'll allude to. But first things first, we're going to talk about Valentine's Day. High-level overview. We got Valentine, Valentine's Day. We're going to talk about our favorite campaigns. We got agency headlines. We got Super Bowl. Um, we got Rapid Fire. Yeah, and, you know, maybe a special guest at the end. Maybe. Maybe. We, you know? So, Valentine's Day, let's go over it. Uh, favorite campaigns. You're going to pick one. I'm going to pick one. Uh, kick us off here. What did you see? We saw a lot this year. Every year, it seems to be Valentine's Day. It's a spark, this this pulse moment for creative campaigns. So what did you see? What did you like, Brian? Right. And, you know, I'm already, you know, breaking the rules here because I have two. (laughs) (laughs) That's um, fine. We'll allow it. (laughs) It's two different ones. So on the agency side, actually, I thought of something interesting. um, Atlanta-based agency uh, chemistry did which was, you know, a lot of times during this year, it's not just about brands. I think agencies try to use this moment to build new relationships with clients, you know, maybe new hires, things like that, do something fun, right? And Chemistry uh, decided to do something interesting where, you know, they sent physical nightstands to us uh, potential clients. And, we, you know, the, the whole idea is, you know, that they're open to one night stands. So it's a little bit of a pun there, you know, and the idea is, you know, just saying, hey, we're, we're open for business if you want to work with us on a project. And I, you know, I didn't know if it was going to work personally. Like I was just like, you know, that's a little, pretty... yeah, a little gimmicky, maybe a little out there. It's, it's interesting PR for sure. But did it work? Well, I, you know, I followed up with them the next, I believe the next day or the, even the same day. And they sent it to about 20, uh, 20 potential clients. And brands. they took it, yeah, brands, and it led to at least eight, they call it first dates. So eight meetings uh, in the first month. So, I mean, I would call that a success, you know? Yes. And from a new business standpoint where I just started, I love that. That's smart. I got to start thinking like that. So taking notes. You know, open your wallet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But that's on the agency side. And now on the brand side, um, this campaign, you know, while there are a lot of campaigns, of the week of, you know, the day of Valentine's Day, I thought this one was pretty smart. 
uh, it was uh, sweethearts, the, you know, candy with the, you know, they have the little hearts and the it has little like, chalk candies. Yeah. It has like messages on there. Like, I love you and be mine and things like that. And yeah. it kind of flipped it this year uh, with the help of Tombris, uh, the Knoxville agency. And they, you know, did situationships. They created a situationship box of candy that, you know, went viral. The idea was the candy itself would have the messages like blurred out, you know, um, and I thought a little blurry lines, not, not as I, clear in a situation chip. I always look for like, are people talking about this outside of advertising and you no know, people on Twitter that I know that, you know, um, aren't in advertising people that I know are posting about it on Instagram. You know, I see non-trade publications, write about it, pick it up. And I, no, I think for a brand like that, where this is the year, this is the one moment of the year where they probably get the most traction. I think that was a great, you know, flip on, on that. Good point. Really good point. I'm right. We always want to break through into culture. We say that all the time on the agency side. If you can get into like some like new, like if you can break through to the consumers and they're talking about it, that's a win. And I love how you pointed out too, like this is their moment, sweetheart's candy. Right, right, right. Maybe there's other like Hallmark holidays, like uh, Galentine's Day, I think is like a new one that I've seen. So yeah. they're, but the Valentine's Day, that's their bread and butter. They got to be geared up. So uh, props to them tapping into culture, Gen Z, especially I'm sure situationships are a thing. I'm not sure if other generations are entertaining that too, probably with the age of the digital and, and the, the mass amount of choice now with social media, we, we're not going to get into the whys of it, but I think that's really smart and relevant and they yeah. executed well. So they blurred their, all their candy, like the physical candy messages. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was interesting. If you want to read more, obviously wrote about it, but like, you know, they, they, they talked about how they got that blurred out, you know, in the back end process. And, you know, I think it's like smart to use a product that already exists. It doesn't change much from the marketer's perspective. You know, it doesn't cause any like extra headaches or anything like that. Like. It's just using the tools you have and flipping it, you know, for a moment, you know. Um, and I heard that some people were selling those boxes for about a hundred dollars. So. That's an eBay. That's an eBay. You right. know, if you can keep and hang on to those little like uh, little fun fun differentiators with that brands do collaborations. I saw yeah. Wolverine actually just did one with Red Bull. If you can keep those, and like they're probably going to be worth a lot of money. So good yeah. one. I'm, I like that. I have something a little bit different. Um, the headline here on AdAge, once again, Brian, you're a senior reporter at AdAge. I think people need to know that. So right. we pull from AdAge uh, the articles. This is our source here. So if you're not subscribed, um, reach out to us, look into it. You need to be subscribed, whether you're a student, industry professional, you know that. So we don't have to, to hang out there anymore. Um, Saks Underwear. You guys, do you know, do you wear, do you have any Saks underwear, Brian? No, but I should get some. I see, you know, I should get some. These They're nice. Underwear. I think the context, this is premium underwear. They have like this, uh, we're going to, we're going to just be frank here. It's a, they have like this patented ball pouch technology for men. That's supposed to be, and it's been on my radar for years now. That's supposed to be the best of the best. I am not in that bracket yet uh, of. I feel like I don't think I make enough money or whatever it might be. 
I always thought it was a premium brand, but they did a really interesting approach. And the headline is Saks Underwear is selling an upside down heart necklace that looks like balls in parentheses, parentheses from Tim Nudd for Valentine's Day. So Tim wrote this. Our, our friends at Quality Meats came up with this, this concept for Saks. So they're selling an upside down heart necklace. How much was the heart necklace? Diamonds. It looks like balls, Brian. Right. Putting you on the spot. So people need to understand. These are beautiful diamond, you know, balls on a necklace. <laughs> and it's, it was a $5,000 necklace, you know. Real. Yeah. It, legit. Legit diamonds. I'm not in the diamond market myself, but they look really nice. Yeah. We sell that time product, um, mm-hmm. beautiful quality meats. And yeah, I thought it was, um, again, just another like smart, just awareness play, you know, low, low risk, right. You know, $5,000, whatever it took to make it. And yeah. Yeah. And we can get into the concept. I'll just do a quick top level. They're targeting the, the female, uh, or the significant other in the relationship, uh, And we actually have maybe something at the end of this episode. I would suggest everybody listen to the end of this episode because we might have a specialist come in and talk about this for a couple minutes too. Right. Yeah, they should. Cool. Um, Go and read that article. Really interesting campaign. Saks underwear, quality meets, but also listen to the end of this episode because why should I explain it when we might have somebody else better to do it? So we'll leave it at that. Feeling good. Next segment, Super Bowl. We got we got to close the loop here, Brian. Right, because right. we talked about it before our last episode two weeks ago. Yeah, it was pre Super. Bowl. That feels like ages ago. No, it's crazy. Like I thought, like it feels like a month ago, two months ago. How? You know? I don't know how this life thing is just moving quick. Like soon we're gonna be in Florida, retired, talking about campaigns, and we're still gonna be doing this. What if so, this part just goes into like existential crisis? Just like, wow, yeah. this thing. I mean, no, it's too good. Let's close the loop on it, Brian. So, post Super Bowl, what campaigns stood the test of time? What are you still liking? What do you, what, what is your favorite post reactions? What's your number one? Yeah. I mean, look, like we, we have, we previously talked about what we thought we liked and the strategy and from the non-celebrity focus, right? At the non-celebrity focus. And, you know, I gotta say one of my favorite ads, um, of the night was a celebrity filled ad. Um, so the Duncan ad, uh, by Duncan, uh, with Ben Affleck, Matt Demon. I mean, I don't even know every celebrity, Tom Brady, J-Lo, Tom Brady, at Bill made an appearance for no reason. I mean, you, you know, it was pretty interesting and I judge it by a few factors so one I was at a Super Bowl party with 20 to 30 Gen Z some millennials and mm-hmm. you know I gotta say a lot of the ads you know people didn't really stop what they were doing to watch them and I think that was one of the few ads that got that immediate like attention you know and I think you know it had the potential to be gimmicky right like it had the potential to be all right they're dancing in tracks used as in a boy as a boy band, right? So, um, but I think it's you know one Ben Affleck. They're already using Ben Affleck for years, so it's already authentic to the brand, right? It's not like a new celebrity. It's something they've been building for years. That idea that Ben Affleck is just like you or me, 
and he's mm-hmm. buying every morning or something like Boston. that. Boston, what is, are they based in Boston is, or are they just adopted in like Boston people love Duncan? I'm not sure. I think Boston does resemble the, like those real like Americans, you know, blue collar hard workers that I think gravitate towards Duncan. Yeah. And, you know, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, obviously they worked on a lot of movies together. They came up, you know, together in the industry. So it was amazing for me just to see that you know, combination of actors again. Genuine friendship. Genuine we know f- that they're, every, it's pretty apparent that we know that they're true friends. They grew up or whatever it might be. They're, they're just tight. And yeah, keep going. Yeah. And like, interestingly enough, it was Ben Affleck and Matt Damon's studio, or I, I, I don't know what they call themselves the production studio agency, but Artist Equity did the ad. They, they created that. It wasn't, you know, Leo Burnett. It wasn't who's their AOR. And, you know, I thought that was fascinating too. It was like, again, these celebrity owned agencies, you know, coming into the industry, you know, and here's a spot that I think it was like one of the top rated spots throughout, you know, everywhere that I was reading. And it was just naturally funny, you know? Oh yeah. It aligned. It made sense. It was a lot of celebrities. And it's still going on today. Like the TikTok, the social is beautiful. Like I still see it. And it's, they yeah. have these new things that are coming out. You can tell that they had some thought and like, how can we make this last? So it was, it was not a one and done. It's still yeah. coming out with new content that's fresh. Tom Brady whipping the football. And that's so great. Like it was hilarious. Quick. I, I, I watched that more. Like I enjoyed that maybe more than the spot. Like the Tom Brady, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck hanging out. But. Going around. But. And it started with, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it started with the Grammys. Didn't they have like a spot at the Grammys that was like alluding to like this, it set the stage for it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Genius. And then it was, and then it hit in the Super Bowl and now it's like still pulsing through from a media perspective. Like, and they sold out, they sold the tracksuits that they were wearing. And those tracksuits are beautiful. I want one. Want one? Yeah. It just catches your eye. Great all around. So I was going to pick that one too, Brian. No. Um, so now I'm going to pivot hard, you know, I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> it's such a good one. And it, you, it on paper, it goes against my philosophy. Um, but it opens up the conversation that we alluded to with the previous episode, uh, where I like the non-celebrity focusing on the good concepts, but now my vision might be my, my, my perception of this idea might be changed because I'm going to call out Etsy and my guy, David Colbush at Orchard. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, you were, you said that you had, you were at a party with 30 people. I was in a hotel in Miami. I was speaking to University of Miami the next day. Nice. And I was just, I'm not going out Super Bowl, Super Bowl. I was sitting in my hotel room in Miami, Coral Gables alone. I had my phone on, I had my laptop in front of me. And I was watching the live stream by you guys. Uh, Ad Age had a live stream on Instagram. Tim Nudd was hosting it. He had like people come in because he's seen all the ads. We've seen all the ads. So right. he was more so just moderating and inviting the people that made the ads on live. Awesome mm-hmm. experience. If you're a big nerd like me, that's like super fun. And I was like commenting and I was like text. I was like, I was like, what's your favorite ad? Like interacting with this, this community of around 100 people consistently. So yeah. they're out there. Um, 
And David comes on and he starts talking about Etsy. And if you don't remember, look it up again. Uh, it was like regifting the French, like paying back uh, the French and thanking them for the Statue of Liberty. And Etsy was talking about basically gifting them a cheese board. Really great. No celebrities in there. They love cheese. Quick. They bought it from Etsy, basically. No, I think it was just a 30. No celebrities in there. I love that. Um, but it opens up this conversation about celebrities versus non-celebrity usage in Super Bowl ads, which we alluded to before. And I'm starting to think that maybe the tried and true advertising concept without a celebrity might not be enough in, in Super Bowl. Maybe, maybe you need that brand alignment. Maybe you need that plus up from a celebrity with the Dunkings. Well, and, and I, I know we don't want to get too deep into it, but I will say like, I think when you're spending that much money, there's that pressure of, you know, we want to make this like almost like a movie. We want to make this so big. And, you know, often celebrities are tied to that. I would say like, you know, the Reese's spot, I think did well. And I think the Kia, you know, um, was it Kia? Mm -hmm. Kia the, the, with the figure skater. Yeah. The figure skater, like beautiful, yeah. people, you know, in my, in my party, like enjoyed as well. And so I think there's a way, but I think, mm -hmm. I think maybe that Etsy spot, maybe those, these not celebrity spots stood out because there are so many celebrity spots. So yeah, I don't know. It's the saturation, but it has to work, you know? Yeah. So I, I want to give some love to that Etsy spot and to hang on to hope as well, but acknowledging, I'm contradicting myself, but acknowledging that, you know, maybe the future is like this celebrity um, right. focus. So we could talk for hours on that. And, you know, Super Bowl's done. And I'm, I think you're relieved. Um, until next year. Until next year. Until next year. And hopefully, Maybe some of our, you know, maybe Buchin will have a spot. He's our creative director at Breaking and Entering, yeah. working at Translation. Hopefully we can talk about him soon uh, or. Yeah. So next segment, Brian, closing the loop there. We got eight. I'm re looking at my notes here. We got agency headline of the week or the past two weeks. So I'll read this headline and then I'll go into it. Uh, former Mojo Supermarket Executive opens creative consultancy. Um, and this was, you know, I wrote this story and for people that aren't familiar, you know, Mojo Supermarket, uh, was this, is this agency in New York that, you know, maybe three or four years ago launched and, you know, they, you know, they went from like three employees to like 60 in like two years or so. And they recently, they won the last grant FE for the work with Truth Initiative, you know, a small agency that has gotten, you know, a lot of good clients. They're working with Eventbrite. They're working with, you know, they have been working with StockX. They work with Meta. So this is one of those agencies that has gotten a lot of attention. Um, but interestingly, you know, a lot, I think their founder, uh, Mo Saeed, uh, who's also the lead creative there, you know, obviously gets a lot of attention. He's very, you know, interesting to talk to, very outspoken, um, but, you know, he didn't start the, he didn't build the agency alone. And he had a managing director named Kendra Schaff who helped build the agency, you know, up to like 60 employees and left, uh, last year. Um, and this was, you know, about her launching a new agency or consultancy 
creative consultancy uh, with a former DDB, uh, EC, uh, DDB Chicago ECD, um, who Meg, who used to be the, used to be the CCO at Ogilvy Canada, actually. And Kendra Shop did something interesting, which caught my eye, which, you know, while there's a lot of people trying to name agencies after kind of quirky things, you know, like mischief, you know, that mischief model, you know, right. We're seeing, you know, murder Hornet is one agency. Oh yeah. And it's, it's, it's another agency. What was the what was the last one I was laughing? Bandits and Friends. Bandits and Friends. Quality Meets. Quality Meets, right? So the interesting memes, right? Well, um, Shaf actually, Kendra used her last name, uh, Shaf, you know, S-C-H-A-F-F, I believe. Yeah. And then I thought that was just interesting. I've never seen a woman-owned agency that have, like, her name on it, you know, so... You know, I spoke to her, to Dylan, and, you know, who he was a former Mojo executive, and now he's uh, brand partnerships at Shops. And, you know, I was curious, like, why, why launch this agency? Some of their inaugural clients are, you know, Planned Parenthood, you know, Savage Fancy, um, you know, uh, a, a sustainability project within New York City called Grow, Grow NYC. And... You know, so what was interesting is this, they don't view it as an agency. They view it as a consultancy that won't grow past maybe 30 to 40 people. Wow. Idea is to not just create work, not just do like these like activations, but the idea is to work on your business along, like work on brand businesses alongside them, you know, solving behind the scenes problems, strategy problems, but also do creative work, uh, which wow. I don't think. So huge yeah. new. I, very interesting to me as well. I'm, I love that you brought this up. I want to know why. I want to know what was going on at Mojo. Uh, what's, why, the, why the creative consultancy like positioning? To me, I, I don't see a lot of those. I mean, I'm tried and true creative agency, always been. To me, it's like, isn't consultancy more so like for the big like uh, BCG, Boston Consulting Group, uh, McKinsey, Bain, like isn't that what consulting is and more so like strategy and they don't usually create. So to me, it's like two differing, two different business models and merging it. Okay. Well, I think, you know, well, in terms of the leaving Mojo, you know, when I spoke to Kendra, like she, you know, she explained she wanted to be closer to the work at the end, I think this allows her to, you know, um, I think when you build any, when you build anything, like when it gets to a certain number, like as an executive, maybe you're not, you know, like you miss those days where you're, you know, when it was 10 people and you're like, and you know, it's and everything. And well, you know, Kendra actually, um, she did some consulting, like, uh, consulting for indie agencies. She said she tried that for like three agencies and she realized that, you know, that's also not help. like she's helping grow someone else's business and she wanted to grow her own business. And, you know, yeah. what, what's that? Were you going to say something? No, I was just thinking about like Steve Jobs. He said like, he, he never liked like the consulting aspect of the, of the world. He was like, you got to have skin in the game and create your own thing. So she's creating her own thing, but it's consulting. So I was like, well, it's a little bit what? of a fine line, but it, we'll see, she's like, doing her own thing. And I love that. Well, consulting, like, it is becoming more popular in the industry. You know, Supernatural um, has a consultancy. 
their small agency. I got to get um, them on. Arts yeah. and Letters. You definitely should. Arts and Letters, you know, launched one last year. Ogilvy. So a lot of these big shops have consulting arms. Um, I think we are seeing that trend of agencies wanting to be known more than just for their advertising. And I know that sounds... Their, their creative output, yeah. Right. And I think it's just the nature of the business of, you know, some people feel that agencies maybe aren't as valued as they used to be just for the creative work, you know? Yes. Yes. Be and we're seeing like more project-based work. The one night stands that we talked about before is showing like the, you kind of have to be scrappier from an agency creative standpoint. So when you frame it as, and I'm learning, we're figuring this out right now. If you frame it as a consultancy, it kind of, it makes more so of a partnership and we're more, we're deeper ingrained into how you guys show up in the world and, and it has that more lasting effect and impact. I like that. But for me, the proof, you have to prove now, right? Like when you launch a consultancy, you know, what are you doing that's different than other consultants? And are you actually able to like impact business beyond yeah. making a 30 second spot or a social media? Yeah. A different world. It's you know, world. Um, but I just thought that was interesting. And, you know, Kendra, you know, um, and Mo, when they, when they work on Mojo, they, these are young executives and I think like, you know, we're seeing younger and younger executives who make create their own businesses, create their own something, you know? So I just think it's really interesting too. It's inspiring. Yeah. I mean, Gino, yourself, man. We're doing, we're, you, we got some plans. It's you, man. It's, we got like, some plans. Yeah. So, Thank you. yeah. So that's my story of the week. So. I love it. I, what can people Google search? Uh, the keywords you think would be best to find that story? Yeah, I just think um, former Moda supermarket executive. And then at age. Yep. At age. Yeah. Yes. Nice, Brian. Good story. That was all you? Yeah, Omni. Um, love it. Omni. Cool. Let's move, let's move to the next segment. What do we got, Brian? I think we got the rapid fire. This is the fun one. This is the one where, like, I don't know how you feel. I'm like, I'm pumped. I'm pumped, yeah. I'm We're pumped. calling this in because it's february we're wrapping up february smash or pass on yeah. the story did we align on that did we is that good to say no that's good that's good the smash idea, or pass what are we going to do brian the idea is you know i'll rattle off some headlines and it's just one that you want me to go explain a little bit more about you can say smash and if you don't want to hear about it you can say pass Ooh, okay all right. So if I like it, I say smash. If I don't want to hear about it, people can still read about these headlines, right? They can still go to Ad Age and they can read about it. If I pass it, don't be offended. If you're listening, it's your headline. It's about you. Don't be offended. They still wrote about it. Go read it on Ad Age. But we're going to do this right now. Sounds good? Let's do it. All right. First headline. BBDO New York's president and CEO sets the part this summer. Smash or pass. Pass. In Ocean USA rebrands to broaden its perception beyond Hyundai. What do you Ooh, think? Interesting. Pass. <laughs> that was is interesting, though. No, it was interesting. Uh, WP's US revenue declined in 2023. AI critical to hold a company's future. Can you read that one more time? WP's US revenue declined in 2023. AI critical to holding company's future. Smash. Yeah, 
I, I thought you would just with the AI and the, it's an interesting one, you know? Um, so for this one, I, this was the earnings, you know, WPP, you know, released their earnings for the full year 2023. I spoke to Mark Reed, um, the CEO of WPT and, you know, they, you know, uh, they're predicting, I think basically zero to 1%, um, re um, revenue growth for the next year. Um, what I found interesting was the U S which is their biggest market saw a decline, um, you know, in the quarter and the year, um, specifically creative agencies with the exception of Ogilvy. Um, so creative agencies as a whole integrated creative agencies, uh, had a 1.6% decline. Um, but with the exception of Ogilvy growing, you know, and yeah. that's, you know, more and more, it seems like to be one of their large, like that's their star. Uh, at WPT, we're, we're gonna taste them. No, I just don't like this news. It's, it's <laughs> I'm right. It's a bummer. Um, you know, I and you know, Mark attributed a lot of that to you know tech clients, which we've been hearing for the past few years now. Um, just not spending as much, um, you know, with agencies right now. Uh, but also not maybe investing in tech, you know, forward uh, campaigns as much right now. Um, he was optimistic you know, for the next year. Um, but it is, you know, sector by sector right now. Um, and I think a lot of holy companies, uh, are feeling that, uh, maybe with the exception of Publicis, um, you know, but it's interesting. You have to like know what's happening, right. With, with your holding company, especially if you work at a certain agency, um, WPP reorganized its business units. So now there's VML, which I'm sure you saw the lead brand and Burson is now the PR. And, you know, Ogilvy, you know, so they're AKQA, right? So they're breaking Holgarth is production. So like they're breaking things down. They're simplifying things for clients. Group M is the media. I think the idea is eventually to simplify for clients. And what I'm hearing that constantly now, clients want like a single place that they can do everything. They're bundling. That's why you're seeing holding companies bundle things together. And AI, you know, is going to become a big part of holding company strategy. The question is who, I guess, will differentiate there. Yeah. Right. Internally and externally, right? Like for, if they're consolidating these large companies, AI might help with the communications internally and the processes internally to streamline and, and more efficiencies, but then also externally how they're producing work for the clients. They're going to be tapping into that as well. Crazy times. We've been seeing the consolidation since 2015, 2016. Publicis mm -hmm. won when I first broke into the business. That one, like consolidating that model was my first internship. And they taught me about that. I was like, wow. Interesting. I mean, and it's still going on. Publicis is growing faster than its competitors right now. And so it's working. You know, it seems like it is, you know. And I think, you know, our tour, Sadoon just has done good, good job marketing that idea, you know, of like power of one. Yeah. Publicis. Power of one. That's what it was. Yeah. One. And, and then yeah. Marcel came out and there was, it was AI and tw this was 2018. So it was kind of before right. they, they were ahead of the game. It seemed like from a holding company standpoint. Yeah. And I do think like, you know, Omnicom has Omni, which is their own AI tool that they built. And I think at the end of the day, it doesn't come down to how do you show up outside? You know, I think Publicis has done a smart thing of like, marketing themselves, they did that 
I don't know if you saw that thank you video, like to all its employees where each employee got a custom video that tailored was tailored to their like interest and their name, you know, Damn. and like, that was just a proof point of like, who is his AI work and WPP mm-hmm. had their own like conference to explain WPP open their own AI platform. So I think it will come down to how do you show clients the power of your tools, you know? Yeah. Uh, so. Good headline. Good headline. Good deep dive. Definitely people should check that out. What's the next one, Brian? Keep going. Let's keep going. Uh, so PwC appoints McCann as its global creative agency. That's interesting. Pass. All right. This is, the, this is a fun one. McDonald's leads into anime with Wick Donald's campaign. Smash. Let's hear about that. Love McDonald's of Chicago. Are you, are you an fan? I'm curious. What's that? Are you an anime fan? No, uh, not too much. Growing up, like the Dragon Ball Z, of course, watched that. Um, a lot of cartoons growing up, but I got to get it. I get. I do a lot of podcasting, so, and like work stuff after work. <laughs> so I yeah. got, I might get in. What show should I watch? Knowing me, what what do you think I would be into? There's so, it depends, you know, um, it depends what you like. My favorite one is uh, Welcome to the NHK. That's a very obscure anime that not a lot of people will know. Where, where do you have a, isn't there like an am, anime streaming service? Yeah, there's Crunchyroll. Uh, that's like the main one. Um, that just sounds yummy. And I'm blank, blanking on the like. Crunchyroll. I want, I want to get some sushi today, actually. <laughs> well, yeah, yes. I mean, maybe you should get some McDonald's. I don't know. Um, Ooh, I do it. High back. Um, so essentially, you know, like what's interesting about McDonald's is that they're so massive, right? That they've, had references like animes have made references about McDonald's in animes for years, right? So you know it'll like they'll just change their name a little bit. So Wick Donald's WC Donald's has been used in animes uh, as like the fake version of McDonald's, so you don't get sued, right? So it's, you know fake copyright issues. Um, another anime, uh, The Devil's a Part Timer, used the term Mick. Meg Ronalds, I believe, or make, you know, so it's out there, right? And why didn't Kennedy, smartly enough, work with McDonald's to lead into that, right? Uh, this anime culture, this, which is blowing up beyond Japan, has been blowing up. And, you know, Netflix is leading into it with like a one piece live action movie and, you know, all these things, right? So they're leading into it by launching, first of all, a McDonald's sauce that will be available, you know, and they're including anime art in their McDonald's, on their McDonald's bags and stuff like that, a QR code that you can scan, or you can go to the website, McDonald's website, where I I believe from February 26 to March, I think 18, um, you'll be able to watch four episodes of actual anime, short anime episodes that were made just for this content, you know? So. McDonald's is making these animes with, in collaboration with studios that have made um, anime like Naruto and other things like that. So they're collaborating with anime filmmakers and, and designers and things like that and illustrators. So, you know, lead into this and create a whole experience out of it. Yeah. Love it. Tapping yeah. into those like communities, those segments, and it probably, and it, to me that from the agency side, and how these things work. I know that Wyden like 
they encourage diverse thoughts and opinions and they advocate and they encourage people to show up as their authentic selves. So that just kind of like, I'm looking at the back end and I'm just saying, I'm, I can envision like the culture there that it was brought up through good relationships, trust within the employees. Somebody probably raised their hands. Like, why are we not doing this? Like, why are we not tapping into the anime world and these communities that love this? We should be doing this. And for them to say, yes, let's pitch it. Let's sell it. Let's, let's be proactive. Yeah. And it works because they're showing up as their true authentic self. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, McDonald's for the past few years, why, why didn't has helped, you know, turn McDonald's into this pop culture, you know, in, into the pop culture sphere with, you know, the Grimace Shake and, you know, the, um, the clothing, the clothing, the toys, the adult toys. And I just think that whole brand and the work that's been done is just like a masterclass in like modern advertising. I do dream about sometimes thinking about being in Chicago and the headquarters here, like would be a great marketing angle to look into. Um, I want to see what that world is like. Definitely want to get somebody on from the brand side. So if you know of any marketing execs at McDonald's, we could do a whole episode. We could do like a whole episode, like a McDonald's episode. And then just like me and you, then we get a few people. You know? Yes. From the marketing aspect too, because it's brave. It's a huge, it's a, that's a huge thing to approve it and sell it and be on board. This is a brand. Yeah. And if you're like such a large brand, like where do you go? Right. Like, cause you're, you know, you're one of the top companies in the world, you know, how do you elevate, continue elevating? Um, and I just think the perception of McDonald's is different than what it was when I was growing up, you know? Yeah. So no, I just think it's a win situation. Love it. Nice job, Brian. Next one. Let's go. Keep it rolling. Let's do it. Um, Group N North America, uh, Group M North America, C new CEO appoints his first executives. Now that's a media thing. I don't know. Really. Pass. <laughs> Love media. Pass. Steve Buscemi and Harry, Henry Winkler star as anxious pigeons in a new campaign for direct TV. Who made that? Oh, uh, that was the TVWA, um, shy day, Los Angeles. Oh, that's fun. But pass. Um, Haleon hires collectively for influencer marketing, an unusual three-year deal. Haleon. Smash. Let's go. Tell me about Haleon. What, what do we need to know about this? Smash, to, smash, smash. <laughs> shout out to Jack who wrote the story. Um, you know, Haleon, if people aren't familiar, they have, they, they're a large, you know, healthcare consumer brand company. They own things like Advil, GasX and, and things like that. They're a flu. Um, and you know, they hired collectively, which is a brand tech owned influencer agency for a three-year deal. Brand and, tech influencer agency. Yeah. Is that right? Brand tech, brand tech group. You know, the, they used to be you and Mr. Jones and then you and Mr. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't you know, I don't know if you're familiar with them, but, um, anyway, this influencer agency gets hired by Haleon for a two-year deal. And what I find significant about that is, you know, influencer marketing is just more and more becoming a bigger, you know, bigger investment for, for brands. And, you know, when healthcare brands make a decision like that, um, 
I really take notice because, you know, that means they're seeing something, you know, that they need to shift where they're going. And the CMO of Halion was talking about in this article of the fact that they saw, you know, usually they invest in like healthcare experts to like market their brand, but the healthcare experts are now on TikTok and social media and things like that. So now they need to know how to talk to Gen Z and millennials and things like that on, on these platforms, you know, Onzempic is, you know, a big example of a brand that could just blow up through TikTok marketing. So I think, you know, we're seeing that trend, you know, and I just think it's such a, that's a, another example of that. And it kind of worried, like, I'm a little worried that it, to me, healthcare, like these like prescriptions per, or like these legitimate, like medical needed, uh, not over the counter stuff could potentially be influenced, right? That scares me. Um, like mm -hmm. the influencing and the influencing sales and, and like, could it be addiction? Like that yeah. worries me. So how can you mitigate my worries, Brian? Like, like, well, any, any sort of prescription being influence scares me. So help me out here. Look, I mean, you're right to be scared. And I think, you know, Ozempic, wow, that was an example of that working so well. I mean, they're also dealing with legal issues and, you know, cases now, of, you know, bad, bad side effects and, uh, you know, the, the jury's still out, you know, I don't want to say, you know, like these are still ongoing cases. So, yeah. um, but yeah, the, you know, like it can be a risk, right? You know, um, Ozempic, I think is a unique situation where it, it, it was a new drug. It is a new drug, you know, versus like an Advil or something where it's been, you know, people take it already and it's something yeah. you can buy at CVS or whatever. So I think that's where you can make that differentiation as a consumer. I think, you know, I talked, I did a Gen Z panel last, uh, this week and. Oh yeah. I tuned into that. Yeah. And you know, they were talking about like, they get a lot of their news from social media. They, you know, that's their new, like Google search a lot of times. Right. True. And I think it will be up to the consumer to decide what's, what's something I should be listening to or what's something I should have caution in. So, yeah. But it speaks to the larger shift that yes, influencing influencers uh, in general, it, it's not going anywhere. No. And the fact that the medical field, the med side of things has bought into it is like the last, I feel like the last proof point that it's here. It's, okay. it's, it's happening. And they, cause there's usually more red tape on that side of it, you know, a like, lot of red tape. So when they're making those investments, you should pay attention. Love it. I all think right. that's all we got, right? For rapid fire. Yeah. I think we did, we did a good job, you know, Brush, new segment. We mix it up, Brian. And I want to make sure, uh, people still listening that surprise, uh, at the end, we're going to play that right now. Uh, cause we got the CCO and co-founder of quality meets to talk about that Saks underwear campaign live. He, we he called him up and he was in his car. I, I texted him I'm like Gordy. Gordy Sang is his name. Like, Gordy, we need you on for three minutes. Can you record something? So here yeah. it is. I think yeah. we definitely want to kick that off. So if you've been listening this whole time, here's a little treat from the, the CCO of that sex campaign from Quality Meets. Talk about it. Caught him off guard. So it's good stuff. A little treat for you all who stayed till the end. Enjoy. And actually, speaking of, we actually have Gordy Sang from the campaign himself here. 
co-founder, co-CEO of Quality Meats to talk about the Saks underwear campaign. Gordy, tell us about the campaign from your POV. What was the strategy? Give us the rundown, three minutes or less. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, well, it was kind of a proactive idea. You know, like we had a upcoming uh, shoot for them just for a simple brand campaign. Had our spokeswoman our gen- uh, and our her gentlemen friends who are clad in underwear around the, the home. And so we're like, okay, we have this, this film execution. What can we do proactively that could just take this simple, you know, film campaign and turn it into something that has like, okay, a little bit more on PR. Um, and so the timing aligned, we're like, okay, well, Super Bowl's coming up. We're like, I don't know about underwear connection there. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, well, Valentine's Day. And the whole campaign, how a gentleman treats his balls, the campaign is kind of turning underwear into a self-care category where it makes people question, like, what, why am I wearing $5 old Navy boxers? I should be treating my, my balls better than that. You know, mm-hmm. I should be neglecting them and creating conversation amongst both men and women. And a lot of the buyers of men's underwear are their, the female or the you know, the, the significant other of, of the guy. Um, so speaking to couples and making them question, are they doing it right? So it seemed like a, a ripe opportunity to talk to the female consumer a bit. And it, it, it felt like a fun, low stakes opportunity if we made this singular one of a kind necklace. Um, and the idea of the necklace, I'm doing this very fast and that's the goal. That's the word, goal. Word, di- word diarrhea. Um, testicles, fun fact, are the original design for a heart. Like if you Google it, it's a thing. We're <laughs> like, I don't know why. I forget the reasoning why, but back in the day, whatever, you know, like 1207, whatever that was, um, the, heart, the heart design stemmed from a man's pair of testicles and so we were like oh that's is this is so simple and they're treating it in a very sincere way and it is a beautiful necklace somebody bought it really um I've yeah. it, right what's that five thousand dollar necklace five thousand i mean it's two diamonds legit full carat one carat weight 14 carat gold so it's all legit and it's a you know like if you didn't know that it was a pair of testicles you might just think oh that's a fun upside down heart right but yeah so that's kind of the concept and we kind of spitballed as the client they were like okay they were but they they you know they kind of got on board quickly and it was just made it happen fast and it happened within two three weeks and and kind of got it out there perfect that's great Brian, you got any questions? I mean, I had one, but if you have to go, Gordy, let me know. No, 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 no. I'm no longer driving, so I'm not in danger of dying. So, you know, what I know, like, you know, Saks Underwear is, you know, one of your, you know, inaugural clients, and I think one of the clients that, like, gets that attention, right, because of, like, the uniqueness of the product. But what I think what you guys do is interesting, you know, in the, in the previous campaign where you bought, you know, Walter White's underwear from Breaking Bad and then created a whole scenario and like blew it up 
you know, and, and, and got this awareness. I'm curious, like when it comes to a product like this, where it can easily, if you go too far on the humor side, it could easily become like too gimmicky, right? Like how do you, yeah. straddle, how do you straddle that line of humor and, you know, like serious selling products and, and like, this is a, this is a business that like, and people care about it too. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a balance because it's very easy to your point because we're coming up but ultimately balls, which is very low brow. Right. Easy to go like low brow, bro humor. And it's a delicate line. And so that's why like even the campaign and the art of the campaign of how a gentleman treats his balls is trying to elevate and do it in a sophisticated way. Um, and being very sincere and reverent about it. Mm -hmm. Like that juxtaposition that contrast of sincere sincerity and balls is comedy by itself. You know what I mean? Like he tried for humor because of the topic. And then what's interesting is that it is so product forward. Their thing is this patented ballpark parks, how they were, they were the first to kind of innovate that, uh, thing in Tommy John and, uh, Fruity Loom, they since copied it, but that's like their focus and they're so like. It's a $30 pair of underwear. It's kind of cheap. It's a premium product too. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? So we put that forward and that's like the key selling feature and putting that forward and make, treating it like it's because they, they passionately care about making sure men's balls are comfortable. It's interesting. It's a large, uh, it's, it's a lot of female, it's a female run brand, um, but they're so devoted to making sure men's balls are comfortable that that by itself is like comedy gold, just right. leaning into that and playing it sincere, sincere, and like, don't shy away from the product. You know what I mean? Um, and so it is a fine line though, like, because it is so simple, just like any creative that just sees the opportunity of, oh, balls, you could go instantly go, ha, yuck, yuck, comedy. Right. So like the key is to just try and be like overly serious to kind of contrast. Yeah. It's almost like playing it, like having a straight man and a, and a comic relief at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, well, Gordy, thanks so much. Do you know, I don't know if you had a question. No, thank you so much, Gordy. Get, be thanks, safe. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Have a good one. Bye. Thank Bye. Boom. And we'll play that. And Brian, great week. Awesome. We'll, we'll talk in uh, another two weeks. We'll post another episode in two weeks. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Doing it, man. Good stuff.